Well, welcome everybody to study number five, Matthew chapter 13, 47 to 53. This is our final session in Matthew chapter 13, and I, so I hope things have gone well. Begin by, begin by praying, that would be great, keep that in mind. First question, if someone is living a moral life, does it really matter if they are not following Jesus? Why or why not? Discuss this carefully and gently. And I say we need to discuss this carefully because we so often say good works don't save at all, but that begins to sound like we are saying good works don't matter at all. And this is definitely not the case, as we will find in our next series on Leviticus. Got a little plug in there. If someone says, my good friend will be okay with God, or my good friend is going to hell, I would suggest you just hear their thoughts and do not comment on them yet. People need to know your group is a safe place to have an opinion that won't be cut down. If another member takes them to task, you can say, now is not the time for debate. We are just wanting to hear where each other are at. <clears throat> Excuse me. The point of this question, though, is to raise the matter of what the basis of judgment is. The passage will talk about a net catching fish and then being sorted out between the good, which we find is the righteous, and the bad, which we find is the wicked. But that's later on. Question two. Read Matthew thirteen forty-seven to 50. How is the net parable different to the weeds parable? So it would be good to ask also, how is it similar? There are lots of repeated ideas, the end of the age, angels, separation, righteous, wicked, a furnace, weeping, gnashing of teeth. Those are similar things, but what is different? Well, the wheat is a land story, and the net is a sea story. <clears throat> the sea often is often uh, represented the nations, uh, to, uh, Israel, sorry, let me say that again, the sea often represented the nations, uh, the Gentile world. This net probably represents Israel and describes how Israel has captured the hearts of many Gentiles, so people like Naaman and Ruth. But Jesus' arrival will bring about the end of the age separation, and this will apply to Gentiles, that is, proselytes, as well. Question 3. What is the basis of good and bad in verses 48 to 49? Now, be, be careful that we don't import our understanding of righteousness in Christ too quickly into this passage. Matthew may have a different understanding of righteousness, or a complementary one might be better to say. The good fish are the righteous, the bad fish are the wicked. Now, it's good to think about righteousness in Matthew. Think of chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. 5, verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 5, verse 20, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Chapter 6, verse 1, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Chapter 13, verse 7, For I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Then the uh, fourth 13.43 Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Uh, the righteous do good deeds, uh, do good, and that is in relation to God. 
so check out, just put it into a Bible search engine, the word righteousness, then select your uh, search limits to Matthew, and you can see those different references to righteousness. The wicked in Matthew, uh, well, they love signs, but they don't listen to Jesus. They love miracles, but they don't listen to the teaching. Chapter 18, the wicked are happy to receive grace, but not to give it. Uh, chapter 24, uh, these are disciples where the increase of wickedness has made their love grow cold. Also in Matthew 24, the wicked servant allows the delay of his master's return to make him despise his master and not live for him anymore. And in chapter 25, the wicked servant is a lazy servant who does not invest in the kingdom. So there's a bit of righteous and wickedness vocabulary from Matthew. It's worth keeping that in mind as we ask the question, what is the basis of good and bad? Question four, read Matthew 13, 51 to 53. What does it mean to be instructed in the kingdom? I think this means understanding that Jesus' arrival has brought the fulfillment of the Old Testament promises. So we understand that. The disciples have been instructed about the kingdom's nature and arrival in all of the parables. Uh, and this fulfillment means the end of that age and the begin and end of that age and the beginning of the new age. It is to live in the kingdom that has begun. We are outposts of the kingdom, you could say. Question five, what is expected of one who has been instructed in the kingdom? Well, I think first of all we see chapter six verse thirty three, that is uh, we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So uh, to be seeking the kingdom first and promoting the kingdom to others in word and deed. So Jesus will say, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so this is a righteousness. This is living out righteousness. So I suppose you could say that Paul will talk about righteousness declared Matthew is talking about righteousness described or demonstrated. So they aren't opposing positions, but they are complementary. Important to see that. Uh, question six, what do you think are the new and old things the disciples will distribute from their storehouse? What will this look like in real life? Well, first, the disciples bring understanding of Jesus' fulfilment and how that practically applies to the situation of the New Test in the New Testament churches. So the whole New Testament, all the letters, are literally the disciples as scribes of the kingdom, uh, sharing about the fulfilment that Jesus has brought. Think of Hebrews and all those sorts of things, but also how it practically applies to the situations that the churches are in, both where they need to deal with bad situations or where they need to... Uh, work out how to do the right thing, whatever it might be. So it's also, however, not just limited, I don't think, to the disciples, but to the disciple today. Uh, you will experience, as an individual Christian, learning new things and being reminded of old things, but being able to bring out those things and understand them and apply them to our lives. Number seven is living for the kingdom, being shaped by the reality of an end a end of the age separation is worth everything. How can we make sure this truth is real for us and not merely academic? Well, I think the separated fish in the net is a reminder to embrace authentic discipleship. I think the the two fish, the two fish uh, 
uh, are in the same net. Uh, they're both fish, but one is good and one is bad. One is righteous and one is wicked, and there'll be a division, a separation there in the end time. Uh, to be asking, I think, uh, practically that means to be asking daily, is my life reflecting the kingdom? Now, we are all a work in progress, so where we find areas that are not reflecting the kingdom, that ought not to disable us, but to remind us to lean in on God more and more. What will being a, what will being a citizen of heaven mean for my day-to-day -day life on earth? That is a critical question that we need to ask ourselves. So thank you for this last five studies and this experiment of um, uh, recording these for your help, uh, for your studies, uh, leading your studies. I'd really like to know if you have listened to them, so please tell me. And if you found them helpful, please tell me. If you think they're a waste of time, please tell me. I need to do this. I want to make the most of my time uh, serving you, so I want to do what's helpful. So I think we've pretty much done all of them under 10 minutes, and that was always our plan. So I hope your growth group goes really well. Don't forget to ask people to invite people to come to the growth group. This is a key time of year for that to happen. So hope things going well. Pray they are. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call me. And um, yeah, live for the kingdom. See ya.